to me, I just feel like from a lot of people, this is life goes on. You know, there's no there's no real call or cause for concern. There's no real call or cause to do anything different. You know, um, I'm not saying this is what they said, but it kind of feels like a just another black guy dead. What's the big deal? Yo, this is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gadry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. Walker! Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to thank you guys for your continuous support of the podcast. If you're new listeners, you want to shout you out. Thanks for your support of the podcast. Please continue to support us by subscribing, following us on whatever streaming platform of your choice. Uh, Also, guys, you can follow us on social media. We have a website that lists all of our social media accounts as well as our YouTube page. Gatry, that website is... Uh, Tippingpoint.com, T-H-A, tippingpoint.com. Um, and with that, shall we begin episode 79? Why not? We're here. Um, we're both feeling good, so we might as well say something. Yeah, how was your holiday, bro? What holiday? Memorial Day weekend. Just a week ago. How was your holiday? Okay, let me back up. How are you? Are you Okay. I mean, all things considered, I am. But I just, it, I'm enjoying this performance, by the way, because you was not this stank prior to us talking. Yeah, I just for, I forgot about Memorial Day. Like the memory just kind of escaped. Yeah, but you act like I farted in your presence. Like you look really stank right now. Yeah, because I was just like, what was that? You know, um, just a week ago. And again, again, I don't want to demean Memorial Day and what it means. Uh, we at Tipping Point, we support our troops. We've had uh, armed services people on before, so don't take that as as a slight to the armed forces and the people who have fallen to give us our freedom. I just totally lost sight of that, and I'm slightly appalled that of all things to ask me, you come out with that. You're appalled that I ask you how your holiday went yeah, for man. you and your family? We're a week removed, dude. Well, we haven't talked about it. Have we not? They haven't talked to they haven't heard us talk in a week and did it was you, Memorial Day weekend. Did you text me happy Memorial Day, by the way? No. So why do we need to talk about it? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna be cordial, um, because my day's gone well so far. Walker mm-hmm. enough about me. I can't tell. How, how I cannot tell. How are you, bro? <laughs> Before we get back to me. Did you wake up on the floor? <laughs> What is wrong? What is your problem? <laughs> Nothing, Walker. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Emotional? <laughs> is that accurate enough? What is the alternative is the question. Me? <laughs> 
How are you doing? The bro? inverse of you. I, I don't have any pleasantries to exchange. If you want a weight update, I lost four pounds this week, but I don't even care. Congratulations, about that. sir. Thanks, that's Walker. good. That's good to hear. Did you want me? To, would you like for me to congratulate you? No, I don't need that. I don't care about the four pounds I lost. Why you don't care about the four pounds you lost, <laughs> Walker? I'm not going to do this. Let let. What are you talking about? Let's balance out the pleasantries. How are you, bro? I don't want to talk about me right now. I'm confused. That's how I'm doing right now. I'm really confused. You've confused me to levels I'm unknown. A, I'm not in a pleasantries mood, which is not like me. What are we doing then? We're we're podcasting. But you're in why? A, you're in a pleasantries mood, so I'm going to ask you how you've been doing and how your week's been going. It's been going rather well. It was a very productive week on a work point, on a work standpoint. There's nothing new there. Um yeah, got a lot done. Led a few conference calls. They went relatively well. Wifey and I are good. Just a good week in our household. You call me We're Ronnie Gumble. <laughs> what you said? And you call me Ronnie Gumble. <laughs> You're Ronnie the Grouch right now. <laughs> Why well, are you so grouchy well, and Walker, moody? Walker, I am pleased to hear that you had a normal week for you because excellence is normal on your side of town, especially in that address. So not not surprised by anything here. Why are you so why are you so stank this morning or today? Walker, in everybody knows now. I, I've taken this whole George Floyd tragedy um to a different level of emotional capacity. Okay. Um, since you know, yeah, we can just get into it. I don't care. Um, I don't even know where to start, but let, let me give this to you, Walker. Ahmad Arbery, rest in peace. Uh, I was not able to bring myself to watch the footage that unfolded there. Mm -hmm. Um, I could, I think, I could still feel effectively after reading about what happened i didn't necessarily need to see it um but in not not really knowing what i was really consuming regarding george floyd i was exposed to that and walker i'm i'm telling you man it has taken me to a place of severe discomfort okay. um it has challenged me uh personally challenge a lot of my viewpoints um challenge my approach to um how we navigate this thing called life in what way has it changed well um I, I really feel like i've had to undergo an uh an inventory of people i call friends naturally ronnie and i i don't i don't know if i can turn this off but I feel like I'm one of the friendliest people on earth, you know, but I mean, you're, yeah, I, I, I would go with that. Thank you. Thank you. You okay? I'm fine. No? As you asked me okay. earlier, okay. <laughs> you've been the one who's been up and down, up and down, but, but you know, it's just, I, I'm just in a weird spot because I'm like, man, there are people out here. And I'm limiting it to social media, which is wrong, right? Um, but this stuff is going on, and 
You posting pictures of your toes in the sand at the beach. Now, again, I don't expect you to stop everything and just overhaul your whole social media being to, you know, drop some canned <laughs> sentiments for this uh, for this tragedy. But it's just to me, I just feel like from a lot of people, this is life goes on. You know, there's no there's no real call or cause for concern. There's no real call or cause to do anything different. You know, um, I'm not saying this is what they said, but it kind of feels like a just another black guy dead. What's the big deal? You know, you're referring you're referring to white silence at this point. Absolutely. Okay, continue. Um, I don't know. And it just it just hits different Walker. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't leave me feeling good. And um, let, let me let me rewind back to I believe this was Thursday. I get into the office and, and I'm, you know, I, I have my thing. Like when I come into the office, you know, I have a certain greeting for certain people. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like when the NBA team, you know, is, is being introduced and I'm the announcer dreams of mine. It's funny. I was actually picturing that <laughs> as you was. That's exactly how yeah. that's exactly how it is. And, you know, pre COVID I would be high five intro music. Kind of. It's, it's inspiration for sure. Um, but, but similar mood, right? This is just, this right. is just part of my daily shenanigans. So I do all that and, um, I get down uh, to the corner office in the back and, uh, there's a coworker in there. And as I'm greeting him, he, uh, he invites me to come in and he says, what's up with these idiots, Ronnie in, um, in Minneapolis tearing the city down. And I was like, who? hold on i was like let's rewind back um who are the idiots he's like you know you've been watching the news i mean these, these people looting target these people burning down things this and that and i said yeah but I, I i did hear about that but i need to know who the idiots are and so he kind of looks at me like oh <laughs> you know and i was like what what help me help me out here and he's like well 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 maybe idiots wasn't the best term but this isn't the way to get justice if justice is what you're looking for this is not the way to get it i think these are just people just out to cause a commotion for no reason and so um walker i, I said a quick prayer <laughs> and that prayer was exactly lord got these feet out of this office that's that is the honest to god truth lord got these feet out of this office so let me let me can 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 we can we pause real quick? Absolutely. Your it may not have been visible on your face, but what was your mood going into work that Thursday? It it was. Were were, were you were you almost kind of like I have to get myself prepared or like what what kind of mental space were you in? It was if if normally I come in on ten because that's just me. Um, so you already was like kind of not your normal self. Yeah, I, w I was probably at a five or six. Gotcha. Close, closer to five only because i had had I, on the way to work i had a conversation with uh david solomon um okay shouts uh, out to him for shouts, out, the show. To, shouts out to solo um he and i had a lengthy conversation about this and about you know the the mental impact that it's having on us you know and i'm just crazy about this guy because not only not only does he listen to this podcast religiously which is amazing but this, this dude has been a friend of mine for decades and 
we're, we're at that point in our lives to where we are comfortable with each other to, sh to share with each other and say, hey, man, look, I'm struggling with this. And now you may not know how to deal with it. You may not have any words for it, but I'm I'm bringing vulnerabilities to you, <laughs> you know, because I am secure and I am confident and I know this is a safe place. So so right. the, the, the conversation had a had a similar focus, except, you know, we, we share this commonality of the of the um, anxiety and impact that this death has on us as black males. So um, anyway, anyway, not going to get into the weeds of that conversation, but so I literally park and I wrap up that call with him. So I got that, you know, <laughs> I got that right. weighing on me and gotcha. I'm taking that up the stairs and I come in and it's just like, okay. And, and I feel like, you know, knowing, knowing how I am, how gregarious I am and how outgoing I naturally am, people tend to expect that when I enter the building. So I was like, man, let me at least give it, give it to him, even if it's not, you know, uh, vintage or classic Ronnie. Does that help? Sure. Yeah. Continue. So, um, so back to the prayer, which, um, the Lord did not deliver. Um, Lord help me moonwalk out of this <laughs> yes, office. Yes, that did not happen. Um, you, you, you know, I, I challenged, I challenged this gentleman. I, I said, you know, I, while I do not condone the acts of, uh, vandalism or tearing down of property and things like that. Um, I totally understand where these idiots are coming from. And I said it just like that Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he said, and I told him, I said, if possible, while you're watching the news, as you did, um, try to rewind back and see what all led to this. So he's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, you're not going to accuse me of condoning the behavior by that idiot cop. So I said, oh, so now, now the cop and the, and the protesters on the same level of idi idiocy right now, right? Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yeah. yeah. yeah thank you. Um, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 but I'm here to listen. I said, I've talked enough. Let me, let me listen. He said, well, well, what that cop did was wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for that. That's not, I don't think police are trained to do that. Yada, 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 yada. I said, but uh, help me, help me, you know, <laughs> help me bind this here. Okay. And he said, I just, I just, I just don't know what it, what it solves by tearing a city down. And I said, man, listen, <laughs> I said, I, I normally don't bring things like this to the workplace, but I think this is a unique opportunity since it's got the whole globe kind of in the palm of its hand, this whole situation. Um, but as a black male, I will, I will take this opportunity to speak for black America and say, we are absolutely tired. This is different than anything else. This is this is way different. This is this is something everybody can view. This is something everybody can find tons of fault in. This is something everybody can see whether they want to voice it or not. They can see the hate in this act. Can't deny that. So um, I, I'm telling you the reasons why I it, it, is, can. it is it is impossible for me. It's unfair for me to ask you to understand. That's not fair to you. So I'm not asking you to do that, but allow, please allow this conversation to maybe open up a door of a low level perceived understanding of these incidents. 
again and I had to I had to clean this up Walker before I left again I am not condoning the the destruction of property people being injured I do not condone that but you better believe I understand and that's when the prayer was delivered <laughs> but the look on this man's face he's just like and, we, and Walker, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week, but I feel like his his perception of me changed in that moment. And Walker, I can I can confidently say to you and anyone listening, for once, I was okay with that. <laughs> okay. So, um, I, I guess I guess do you feel? When you say his perception of you changed, well, I don't know if it did. It just looked like it did. So now I said I don't. I can't say that it did. The body language he gave me in return—that was just what I was able to deduce from that. Well, how did he look? Because oh, was, just kind of like, of course, he was very comfortable in, yeah. in being his authentic self around you. He looked betrayed. So, uh, he looked to be betrayed. Hmm. Did, did he look like he was really he really understood you or was it kind of a a, a stalemate nah it was a it wasn't stalemate it was a what's gotten into ronnie mm, you're not yourself you're not yourself so now so now something's wrong with you yes yes not me you right this is this is and and i'm this is me just this is just how i view it in his mental capacity, he's like, no, no, this is Ronnie who I've been able to share my frustrations with the whole social distancing and how bad I want to go to the beach and go down to a Mexican restaurant and have a margarita. I've been able to share these thoughts with him and he's been able to receive these with no uh, retaliation, no verbal retaliation. But now I'm, sh I'm sharing my same beliefs with him now and he's retaliating verbally. I don't understand that. That's what I think was going through his head. Gotcha. Um, we talked, you talked, I, I basically framed it as white silence. Um, what has been your expectations of people you have deemed to be friends, but are not black? Good question. This past week. Good question, Walker. You've been, you've been doing your homework. Um, <laughs> you know, I, um, being honest, Walker, I don't feel like I had an expectation really yeah that's the, that's just me being honest um which which kind of makes it unfair that the lack of communication that i've been getting in return why, why i feel a certain way about it like i don't think that's that, that's, fair. that's what i'm struggling with because if you feel a certain way there has to be some type of expectation right right because because me me being the people pleaser that i am i don't know how to turn that off um, I find it very difficult to go to my Caucasian counterparts and say, hey, look, when things like this happen, I expect for you to do this, this, this and this because you're my friend. I'm not going to I'm not going to have that conversation. What are you expecting them to do? Let's use let's just use George Floyd, for example. What okay. what 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 would you expect someone who was white who considers themselves a friend of Gatry's to do well even though week. even though or I, now even though i didn't expect this i'm gonna tell you something that really happened um, okay i had a white guy reach out to me i don't even 
I guess I guess he's a friend. Yeah, I've been to his house before. Yeah, so um, he's invited our family over. Um, he texted me out of the blue. hadn't hadn't I don't think I talked to this guy this year. Texted me out of the blue and was just like, "Hey man, I don't know what to say. I would I would expect that these situations with George Floyd aren't sitting well with you." Just know that I'm here and I'm open to conversation. That was the end of the text. To me, that that sat well with me. Now, fast forward, <laughs> I'm in a group text with four of the white guys that we're pretty active in texting daily and radio silence. That that kind of makes me feel away. Okay. But I haven't communicated that expectation. So why haven't you? Because Ronnie's a people pleaser, and Ronnie knows that that's a dis- that's an uncomfortable conversation. Ronnie, are you afraid of the rejection? I'm definitely afraid of the rejection. What do you mean? What else is there? <laughs> like, <laughs> just, no, I just I, want to spell I'll it own, out. No, I own the feelings. I own how I feel about it. I'm not shying away yeah. from that. Yeah, because because it, it's me. I'm 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 friendliest. I I have to be everybody's friend. You can you can dislike me. That's fine. But as for me. You're not going to have any reason. I'm not going to give you any tangible reason to dislike me. You're going to have to come with something else. Gotcha. And I feel like me me having that conversation is giving you an out to not liking me, which doesn't sit well with me because I have to have everybody around me happy at all times. Gotcha. Except you. Clearly. <laughs> um, yeah. It's hard Dude. to turn off, man. That's in my DNA. Like, for real. That's hard for me to turn off. Gotcha. If I feel gotcha. like I've wronged you in any type of way, I'm going to be over here struggling with it. Struggling. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think... I think part of the frustrations that people such as you and myself have being around whites, I think I think a lot of black people who are in predominantly white environments have to deal with this is white people have never have to worry about making us uh, comfortable. That has always been black people's burden to make sure that white people around them are comfortable. And we hate it because of last week. Because I don't, I don't want to make you comfortable. I don't want to make you comfortable. I'm already uncomfortable, and you don't want to deal with my discomfort. You don't want to accommodate me. I'm saying, and I'm speaking in general terms because, again, I'm gonna get into it in my shoutouts. But generally speaking, making of the other people comfortable has been part of the black burden of being in a predominantly white environment and all the microaggressions that come with that has been incredibly frustrating right to the point to where you have people you deem your friends you can't even go to them and say hey guys i need this from you in this moment i need this from you in this moment this has not been a good week for me i'm struggling with this I need you, I need this from you guys, right? Because you're busy, you're, you're concerned about making sure that they're comfortable, which you do that with everybody. But even in this moment where you have a right to state what you need, you suppress it. Mm. Fair enough? Fair. 
So, I mean, like, what do you do with that? <laughs> you start a podcast and you find somebody intelligent like Caesar Walker <laughs> to share your thoughts with. Case closed. <laughs> but at some point, we, you at, at some point, you that's one of those things you have to address because now it's in the front, it's in your mind now. How what are they really thinking? And I'll, I'll tell you, for me. I'm not saying this is the right attitude, but I'm done recruiting white allies in these moments. I, I've, and actually, it, it wasn't the George Floyd incident that did it for me. I kind of been here. Gatry, the bar is so low for white people with me that it's not, it's very easy to get my attention because the bar is so low. The problem is it's still not low enough for some white people, unfortunately. Because all we're all we're asking you to do is have empathy. That's really all we're asking for. Empathy, here's what empathy says. Empathy says, while I may not agree with how you reacted, I understand why there's a reaction mm. in the first place. Yeah. And what you're reacting to is a much bigger injustice than anything that you're doing on this end. If the injustice doesn't occur, doesn't occur, there's no reaction on your part. So, even though I may not agree with the Colin Kaepernick and him kneeling, I understand why he's kneeling. Even though I may not understand the 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 looting or agree with the looting and the rioting or whatever, I understand why they feel that way. Steven Jackson was on the Breakfast Club. I, did you see his interview with I, DJ Envy? I didn't see it, but I heard it. He, he, it was amazing. He said something that grabbed me and he was just saying how the frustration and pain to, to know that that's somebody that I'm close to, somebody that I love. And because it's an officer, I can't do anything to them or anything about it without messing up my future and everything I worked hard for. So now I've, I'm forced to sit helpless with this hurt and pain and anger. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with that anger because I can't retaliate because you're an officer, right? Former officer, like it's illegal. So the anger that, and, and I, I felt like the, the, what I visualized a person forced to sit on their hands when they don't want to and the emotions that come from that I think it explains largely in part why you have people who are done with peaceful protest. Now, let's be clear on one thing. Let's let's talk about one thing real. Just be very really clear here. Most of the people who've been organizing protests have not been rioting. They have not been looting. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the rapper My Son. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Tamika Mallory's, those people who've been organizing, they have not been looting and rioting, right? So to paint all protesters with one swift brush and to put them all in the same boat is almost like saying that all cops are bad. Mm. If we have enough sense to know that we shouldn't judge all policemen by the lowest denominator, then you shouldn't judge all protesters by the lowest denominator yeah let's keep the same energy right right 
So if if you're gonna if all if you're gonna only look at protesters through the lens of what the news is showing you, and by the way, some of these pro some of these rioters and looters are coming from out of town. Yeah. Some of these people are like some of these people who are who are tearing up these these areas don't even live in that area. <laughs> so you got people with different agendas, just like you have on the right. You have people who call them conservative themselves conservatives. Then you have some people who call themselves white nationalists. So am I, am I, is it fair for me to just assume that all people who consider themselves Republicans are white nationalists? No, that's not fair because in every group you have extremists in every group, you have people who go a little bit too far on this end, right? So if we can, if we can be objective enough to know that not all cops are bad, then you need to know that not all protesters are rioting. Fair? Very fair. And so what I want, the thing that I'm I'm expecting, that I would expect from white people, even though I don't, it's always a plus. Every, every time a white person shows empathy, it's like a bonus. When you get a bonus on your job, what makes it a bonus is you wasn't expecting it. Right? It's beyond what you expect to receive on a monthly or bi-monthly basis, right? Right. So when we see white people demonstrate empathy, I'm like, wow. Because for a lot of them, it took a lot for them to do that, to acknowledge their privilege, to even not only acknowledge that you have privilege, but to use your privilege to speak out against the injustice. Like that's the next step that we need from white people is that, okay, not only has it been pulling teeth to get you to acknowledge you have privilege, but use your privilege in support of us fighting for justice. That's the next, that's all we want. We're not saying you are doing it. You're the problem. But my thing is when you begin to empathize more so for the oppressor than you do the oppressed, you end up becoming the oppressor. Mm. Whether you want to admit it or not, when I can identify with the oppressor more than the oppressed, I take the side of the oppressor. Because I can see the humanity in the oppressor. I can understand that it's a hard job for policemen to do and for cops to to do their job and, and they're doing a thankless job and don't get paid enough. I can see the humanity and I can stand up and support police officers and, and, and thank them for what they do, even in light of the fact that there was a cop who didn't care and had little regard for a human life to get off of that man's neck after he pleaded and cried out to his mother to get off of him after he was subdued you can still empathize with police officers but not that man over what ten dollars ten dollars gatry can you are you able to identify a counterbit ten dollar bill no so that could have been you there that's true that could have been me i don't have that training I, I'm not an accountant. I don't work with money like that. I have not been trained to spot uh, potentially, potentially, because we never were able to confirm whether it was uh, a All counterfeit. Alleged right now, a yeah. potentially counterfeit ten dollar bill. For thank goodness, I don't carry around a lot of cash with me. But if I did, it's a very possible in my lifetime I have had counterfeit money. 
because I am not trained to identify counterfeit bills. That doesn't mean that I'm trying to get over. I, I can't help someone gave me counterfeit money. I'm trusting that person just like they're trusting George Floyd. Right. right? Yeah. So f- for, for him to be gone over 10 freaking dollars, a nonviolent act, and you can't empathize with that, I have serious questions. My bar is really low, Gat. And I, even in that, I don't expect much. I'm done, rec- I'm done recruiting white allies when it comes to this. Can we unpack that? My, the last part I just said? No, 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 no. I want to get to the roots of that if you're comfortable sharing. Which you, part? The the um, the bar you've set so low. That didn't happen last night. That didn't happen last week. No, no, it did not. It did not. Um, I just don't expect much from white people, Get Because here's why. They are a product of their environment. Okay? The same people who sat in silence when our ancestors our grandparents great uncles were marching and pro and and protesting and fighting for basic civil rights the same people who sat in silence some were actually against what our ancestors were doing their descendants are those who we go to work with today their descendants are who we go to church with today their descendants are our neighbors you're telling me, you're telling me that white people all of a sudden have had this perception and awakening to where we're able to denounce all that we've been taught in our lifetime and are going to go in a completely different route. Now, I think that's not to say that I think that most white people are bad or racist or whatever. I think that white people have a lot to learn from when it comes to us because they live in a world where they don't have to know our struggle. So it's very easy to be tone deaf. It's very easy to be insensitive. It's very easy to be loose tongue around us because you don't know because you don't have to know. I look at it like this. You remember the movie, the matrix? Yeah. You remember one of the fundamental rules that Morpheus told Neo is that if a person in the matrix has not been unplugged and have not denounced that system of control, completely removed from that system and are against that system, if they have not been unplugged, they are potentially an agent. Which means that if you're dealing with someone who has not been unplugged from that system, they may still be somewhat dependent on that system. Mm -hmm which means you may find yourself fighting that person or against that person because they may secretly be an agent. They're still part of that system. So the reason why my bar is so low is because while you have a lot of our coworkers, friends, church members, neighbors who will speak out against overt racism, they haven't fully denied the system of white supremacy, which most of it is covert. And if they're not willing to speak out about their privilege and use their privilege to speak against the injustices and the microaggressions and the issues, the things that you and I have to deal with on a daily basis, I don't know if I can trust you like that. I don't know if I can trust you because sooner or later, you're going to call 
people that I understand an idiot mm. and see nothing wrong with it. And I look at it this way, get when I was in college, you can relate to this. Whenever I, when I went to class and I sat down with my professor, you sat down with your professor who did most of the talking, the professor. Why? Because they are the perceived expert on whatever subject or class that is. So would it, I be out of line to be in a classroom trying to do most of the talking? Yeah. And I'm not the professor or if you're not presenting. Yeah. Why? Because you're the student. Because I'm in a position of learning. Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. And that's a big problem I have with a lot of our white brothers and sisters. They're in the classroom of white supremacy trying to lead the class. Mm -hmm. You're doing a lot of talking right now. You should be listening. You should come. You should come to us ready to understand. And I don't see that with a lot of them. I see silence. And I see when you do, and it's almost better that you remain silent. I know one, I know a lot of us want white people to talk. But when some when they talk, a lot of us are going to be really. I don't think a lot of us are ready to hear what's in a lot of our brothers and sisters' hearts, white brothers and sisters. I think you're going to be really hurt and disappointed. And I've been seeing that on post after post after post from my friends, people that I thought was my friend. I'm starting to see where that you're going to be. I don't think y'all are. I don't think we're ready when we claim we want our white brothers and sisters to speak for us because I don't think they fully understand what we deal with. Why? Because they don't have to understand. They don't have to live in fear. They don't identify with George Floyd. Like you and I identify with George Floyd. They don't have to. Now, again, I champion those who do speak out in support. We're going to have a rally. We're recording this on a Sunday and later, and I think in a few hours, Gatry, they're going to meet downtown by the civil rights museum to do a peaceful protest. And they've been protest all weekend downtown. And I've seen white people, black people, people of all colors engaged, man. I think that's beautiful. I champion those. You're going to see my shout out. I'm going to champion that. I'm speaking directly to those who we wish would speak up and have remained silent. I think there's a reason for that silence. And that's why my bar is set so low. For when they do open their mouth and remove all doubt <laughs> of their ignorance, that's why my bar is set so low. I'm not, I'm not expecting much. And I'm done recruiting because those who get it and those who are willing to understand Many of them have already identified themselves. And that's who we have to, that's who we have to run with. Gatry, there's unfortunately in a fight against white supremacy, there's a lot of black people we can't go to war with. So if I understand that, I'm not, I'm not fixing to sit up here and cry and ask white people who are unwilling to deal with the consequences of speaking out because you know you know uh, someone personally who has spoke out and have gotten attacked by their own friends and family and whatnot so that's what a lot of white people are afraid of they're afraid of the vitriol and the and the the white lash from their peers for speaking out against injustice which is sad that is unfortunate so when i say i have set the bar low it's low 
Do I want it to be set high? Yeah, I would love for it to be set higher. I would love to expect more, but then I will be right there with you, disappointed. Mm. And I'm done with being disappointed. I'm done. I'm done. Thoughts? Um, no. That, that answers my question. <laughs> uh, I'm just done. Yeah. Um, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna talk about uh, talk about cough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I <laughs> again, I'm letting you drive this one. Okay. And and me continuing the pattern of transparency. I was not uh, introduced to this until last night. I'm talking about like 10 p.m. It hit me this morning, actually. Okay. Okay. Wow. It hit me this morning. Wow. Okay. Um, church of the Highlands is, is a mega church here in uh, Birmingham, based here in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I, I have attended several times. I've have not gone through the membership process or growth track or whatever the stuff is they have. Uh, my wife and I have attended numerous uh, marriage conferences. I've attended several men's conferences at Church of the Highlands. Well, the leader of Church of the Highlands, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges, is under some heat um, after it was it was uh, discovered that uh, he is a follower on social media of Charlie Kirk. Is that his name, Walker? Yeah. And um. I'm sure I'm sure some of you listening probably know who Charlie Kirk is, but I did not know who he was until last I night. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he if you want to compartmentalize it for me, I put him in the in the bucket of white supremacy. I mean, honestly, he um, he's got some very strong views that I feel like he tries to solidify with his faith and with the gospel, which are which <laughs> which are not. uh do not correlate at all in my opinion and um you know it's it's if you've heard it before it's this it's america pull yourself up by your bootstraps everybody can be great type of narrative that i that <laughs> it, being quite frank that i've struggled with and uh <laughs> i denounce that just because it, it it doesn't work that way in reality but anyway um, it was discovered that Chris Chris Hodges um, at one point followed uh, Charlie Kirk and not only followed, but is highly active in the organizations that Charlie Kirk leads. So um, <laughs> uh, Pastor Chris Hodges, who who I honestly he's from, like he's like some of his posts. Yeah, yeah, he's like some of his posts. But um, Pastor Chris Hodges, who I, I think does an incredible job of uh, preaching the gospel um, like any other human would do, he went on an unfollow streak, <laughs> and uh, it you know it, it was it was interesting. Well, well, I'm not going to get my thoughts there. That's the that's the meat of it um, of what has happened. Did I miss anything, Walker? You got the high points of it. Okay, okay. Um, what I thought was odd about this is um, you know his team or him, whoever manages this, is in Instagram and Facebook. Um, quickly reacted to this and started pulling away their their connections like rapidly and uh i don't know it made me scratch my head a little bit like you know it for me honestly kind of to your point it's okay if that's how you feel but you know essentially man up and own it like hey this is this is this is something i believe in this is something i don't mind following and liking on social media here are the reasons why 
But when you go on a streak and you're pulling yourself away from these things because the heat has come on, I tend to question your authentic character in that moment. And it makes me think even more beyond that, what are you in this for? Because in my opinion, Walker, I'm only doing that if if I feel like my affiliation with these parties is going to threaten something else that I've worked to build. Right. Right. Which right. means threatens my <laughs> financial <laughs> vitality, if you will. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Walker, again, I'm going to say this briefly. I'm not going to. This is another podcast, but. That, that's been one of my ongoing struggles about um, mega churches in general is like I can <laughs> I have to actively try to shut out that that uh, curious mind that that asks like how much of this is for the money, you know, and it's so hard for me with Church of the Highlands because we've seen them give so generously. Um, I know some I know one of my homeboys who leads a small group. For Church of the Highlands, he's been he's he's told me just about how generous Church of the Highlands has been to him in a small group, especially in this time of pandemic. And it's just like from the exterior, it seems like they are doing the right things with the money that they get, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it all it all points me back to well, why would you unfollow so quickly, right? What you, what you what you running from now? Your thoughts, Walker? Again, my bar is set so low. <laughs> My boy said so low for people. I I'm gonna be honest. I heard it. I was like, yeah, hmm. <laughs> okay. Because again, I I, I think here, here here's what I here's what I here's what I would say. Because we're we're getting into our faith now. Now we're starting to talk about our faith, right? My heart goes out to people who, and I, and I know I have a good few friends who attend Church of the Islands. Um, and I have some friends that I feel have been very sincere in them seeking God on where their church home is. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that God has placed the members in the body of Christ as it has pleased him. So a lot oftentimes and shout out to my spiritual father, Pastor Mike Moore. Um, he teaches that when it comes to your purpose, your purpose is linked to where you're supposed to be in the body of Christ. Right. So if you have an assignment, God has called you to do something where you go to church is very important. And if it's very important, that mean God, that means that God has a perspective God has uh, he has thoughts on where you should be and it's important that you seek him like you would seek if like you would seek wisdom on how to choose a spouse like you would choose she would seek wisdom on what kind of job you're going to go for right what kind what are you going to major in like what big life choices where you go to church should be just as important as those decisions because your spiritual growth depends on it. Right? So my heart goes out to those who have been very sincere. I think what is important, me and my wife was talking about this and, and want to say something that she said, it's important that we understand that no matter where we go to church, that we need to understand that there's only one perfect person. And that's Jesus. And even in that, we find ourselves having a hard time 
with how our life is panning out that we even in that question God in a lot of ways, right? So if we have questions for God based on how things are happening in our own personal lives or just in the world, you better believe we're going to have questions for whatever pastor we submit ourselves to. And I think what my black brothers and sisters need to understand that if you decide whether or not God led you to this church or you just went for whatever other reason, you decide to attend a predominantly white church, you better be prepared, again, setting that bar low, you better be prepared to be disappointed when racial tensions arise. Just like I have been disappointed in my church home because I've seen some mistakes made. I've seen some things that I question personally. I've seen some things that have disappointed me. You're going to be disappointed as well. It just so happens that your flavored ice cream of disappointment happens to be along being racially tone deaf. And that's the, that's one of the things that you signed up for. And that was in the fine print. When you decide to join a PWI, you're going to get potentially offended as it pertains to along racial lines. And you have to decide, can I deal with this? And if this is where you have prayed and God has told you, you better continue to talk to God and understand, okay, God, did I hear you correctly? And if I've heard you correctly, how do I navigate through this? How do I navigate through this? Because I've had to do that with my church home. Now I haven't dealt with racism at my church home, but I've dealt with other things that has made me question. I think we all end up at that point. Any and anything we commit to, we end up questioning, man, I said I was in it, but my goodness, this is tough. Right? So what I would say to my thoughts about the, the whole, the whole situation with Chris Hodges is, Guys, he's a product of his environment. <laughs> he's a product of his environment. And I know he's supposed to be better than that. He's supposed to, his Christian values should have kept him from doing some of those things that you heard about. But he's still a man, <laughs> a white man at that, at that. So, you know, we have to kind of watch our expectations of certain people because they're going to let us down in one way, shape or form. What's your thoughts, man? So in your opinion, is, is a multicultural church a reality? Um, good question. Yeah, I think it is. It is because we've seen them. <laughs> We've seen them, but I think that there comes a point in time where you may not be the best way I can explain it is in my household. I'm the head of the household, domestic head, right? But there's going to be some things that I'm, my wife is going to have to take the lead in. Right. I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm not better equipped to handle some of these things in the household, even though I'm the head. I think when it comes to these racial tensions and these racial discussions, 
I think what I can respect is for a white pastor to say, you know what? I'm going to allow some of my other leaders to take the lead in this regard and allow me to learn from them and allow me to, to, to get up to speed on what's really going on. Because I only, as a white man, I can only see so much because I, I'm not black. I don't know what it feels like when you're in traffic and, a, and an officer gets behind you, doesn't even flash your lights, but yet your anxiety levels rise and rise and rise. I don't, I don't know what that feels like. So I'm not going to be able to speak from that experience, but I can learn. I can talk to my leaders in the church and, and find out from them what it's really like to be black. Right? So when I do speak about these situations, I now... And and once I understand this, Gatchery, there's a responsibility that comes with knowing. Again, that's why my bar is set so low. A lot of our white brothers and sisters do know better. They do know better. But they haven't assumed responsibility for what they know. And I think for if you're going to have a multicultural church, it sounds sexy. It sounds good. But that's a lot of work involved. Just like it sounds sexy to have a wife and to have a to be married and to be that sounds sexy, but there's work involved with that. Because that means I have to die to myself and deny myself to understand this woman in my house. And if that woman doesn't feel understood in her in our house, we're gonna have problems being married. If you don't know how to listen to your congregants and understand how they feel, you're going to have problems in your house, your church house. You're going to have big problems because if your members don't feel like they're being heard and understood, you're going to lose your members under the guise of trying to be multicultural. There's work involved with that because you have so many different you have so many different backgrounds just interwoven with each other. So, and I don't, I don't know how a pastor alone can figure all that out on his own. You need great leadership that can, that can cover your blind spots when it comes to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. And, and when I say responsibility, you know, a great example of this is, is us as men, you know, you and I, we're, we've matured a lot since we've been in college. We've matured a lot since our twenties. I understand that as a man, I have, I'm entitled to certain privileges that women are not privy to just being a man in this, in this, in society and the double standards that come with that. So if I understand that I have privilege on the flip side of that is a responsibility to women. And if I understand that women aren't privy to the same privileges and that there are double standards I'm not, I should be responsible enough with women to not put them in certain situations to where they'll be labeled a certain way. So in other words, if I got friends and you just running through women a hundred miles an hour, or you got kids out there, you're not taken care of. I, I should hold you accountable as a man, because while society may not look down on you, they're looking down on that other woman that you ran through and had kids with. And so it's incumbent upon us as men who understand our privilege to look out for our women and protect our women and have their backs and speak up for them and hold each other as men accountable. Right. I think that the same holds true with white privilege. 
that, you know what? I understand that you police me different than you police Gatry Walker. And we're not, that's not cool. That's not what this country, that's not what that flag that I'm so concerned about. That's not what it stands for. You're dishonoring the flag when you police them differently than you police us. And we're not going to take it. To me, that's a responsibility that comes with your privilege. And so when I say acknowledge your privilege, that's not just the, that's not just the beginning of it. You have to, you, you should understand that with your privilege comes great responsibility to speak out against the injustices and, and the double standards that exist based upon your privilege. And so I think when you talk about, you talk about having a multicultural church, you got to get in there. You got to roll up your sleeves and address some harsh reality stuff. And that could mean alienating a lot of your, your congregants. There's really no perfect way to make everybody happy Mm. in a church setting because you have people from different backgrounds, views, and opinions. So while it's possible to have a multicultural church, you're going to find yourself stepping on a lot of people's toes in order to do the right thing. And that's where a lot of white people struggle. Okay. So question for you. Yeah. Uh, the, the police officer who was arrested on Friday, finally, Derek Chauvin, yeah. is his name, mm-hmm. third degree murder and misdemeanor. No. Well, I thought he got second degree manslaughter too. Second degree manslaughter. Yeah, that's right. Um, could be facing what 16 years total if the manslaughter charge if he's found guilty thoughts uh, my honest thought is he'll get the least strict uh, punishment the, the manslaughter charge and they'll indict him for 16 but he'll do 3 hmm and my my thoughts are fueled by history. <laughs> let, let me let me uh, put that out there. So and and it it's sad that that is all the hope that I have going in for it. But like you, in terms of this, I've set my bar low based on what I've seen. Can't be mad at that. Yeah. Um, I'm expecting him to get twelve. <clears throat> I'm expecting him to get twelve. Are you prepared thought- to be disappointed? No, you, you're prepared for him to get 12. You're what do you prepare for him to actually do? Um, I don't know. Okay. Cause we, we do agree. There's a difference, right? Sure. Um, sure. Um, Darren Wilson's still out I was, here, bro. I was, I was disappointed that he got third degree murder. Okay, you 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 think it should have been first degree? Okay, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say what I is disagree third, with what you. is third degree murder? What does third degree murder mean? I don't know. To you, slap third on the wrist? degree murder is basically murder, accidental murder. That's what third degree murder means. I, my intentions was not to murder you. You just died. 
as a result of my action. Okay. So you watched the video. I did not watch. Did you watch the video? Yeah, Walker. You didn't? Yeah, I did. I did. I'm surprised you did because I, I didn't even I mean didn't to, though. That's one. the thing. I didn't even mean to. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I don't think I was 100% certain what I was getting myself into when I watched it. Nah, I was cool. Well, I was versus cool. Ahmad Arbery, I knew the ending. So I knew not to watch because I knew I couldn't handle that. I this one I didn't know. You being shot. I can almost deal with you being shot better than I could something like this. You're just suffering. Because you're slowly killing him. Like that's, and the agony, like I can't hear the agony of Ahmaud Arbery. Right. Right. Because he was just taken well, out. He was taken out. It was in a distance. It, it wasn't up close. I, I didn't get to see the up front, his face screaming out, him crying out for, I said, no, I, could, I can't. Mm-mm. I have to draw a line somewhere. Right. Um, for you to keep your knee on the throat, on the neck of someone who's telling you they can't breathe. And for you to keep your neck on the minutes after they become unresponsive. I need you to the prosecution. I need you to tell me if that is not intent to kill what is. Like arguing for arguing for for Floyd's family, what is intent to kill? Or better yet, who is he protecting and serving in that regard? Clearly himself, which but, is on the but, badge. I, but my thing is, I'm like, if that's a that's a that's an accident, it's no chance. That's an accident. So th- again. I don't feel as though justice really has been like, of course he hasn't been, he hasn't been found guilty of anything. So justice clearly hasn't been served, but I already feel as though we're off to a bad start given the charges brought up against him. Well, Walker, let's be honest about it though. This is a knee jerk. This is a knee jerk reaction by the judicial judicial system there. Cause they, they knew if, if we at least present the optics of us having him in custody and charging him with something, maybe the riots will stop. That's all that was. It was a last gasp. It was like, okay, let's do something. Okay, here. Now, maybe they'll maybe they'll leave the city alone. Yeah, but what they got twisted is is that we've seen people get charged. <laughs> yeah, I I know that, but if and these are my thoughts, but if those thoughts are accurate, you you kind of weed out all reason because you're doing something knee jerk trust me i'm emotional i know how that works <laughs> it's like, oh yeah i probably should have thought about that you know just just my thoughts yeah it's already off to a bad start yeah as far yeah. as i'm concerned because you i know how the story when is. i look at the definition of third degree murder i manslaughter whatever that was murder. Yeah. That was murder. The man is already subdued, handcuffed. He's no threat. The threat has been been removed. Right. And yet you keep your knee on him after he has claimed he couldn't breathe. You keep your knee on his neck minutes. That's a long time to be having your air passage and your airflow being blocked. That's a long time. And you're telling me that that was an accident? Get out of here, man. No, man. Get out of here. You got any more thoughts, man? No. 
None? None. I think I've said all I got to say. Um, I haven't. I know what it's like to lose a loved one. I know what it's like to have to help to lift a loved one onto the stretcher for them, them, the paramedics to remove their body. Like I know what it's like to touch the cold body of a loved one. Um, I know what it's like to have a loved one of mine murdered, but I can honestly say, I do not know what it's like to have a loved one of mine murdered at the hands of what's supposed to be a policeman. Um, I can't imagine the hurt, the pain and the anger that George Floyd's family is going through in this moment. All I can do is pray for him, um, and do my part. Um, I think there's a petition on, on uh, change.org to, to seek for justice. And I think it already has like 9 million signatures. I think Beyonce kind of pushed it out there recently and it's it's people have been signing it left and right i signed it before the we started the podcast but i'm praying and i'm just trying to see what i can do um again we have we have rallies all over the country people protesting there is a protest by the time this podcast released the protest will already have been had downtown um by kelly ingram park i believe and um let's just do our part let's do our part to honor george floyd by fighting for the thing that he and his family needs most, and that's justice. So that's all I got to say. Put a button on it. All right. Um, and listeners, I've, I'll take full responsibility for this. When Walker and I were planning this, I said, man, I'm not feeling Doherty at all. I'm not gonna, probably not going to feel Doherty on Sunday. So um, there's no Dort on this particular episode, so forgive me. That's on me. But um, Walker believes <laughs> in this podcast, so he uh, persuaded me aggressively to retain the uh, shout outs and player of the week. So simply put here, we shout out those doing dope things in our community and our nation. And um, we give our opinions on those who are doing the opposite. So with that said, Walker, it is teed up. Um, it's yours, buddy. I was going to give you a golf reference, but then I remembered who I was talking to. <laughs> um yeah we're just shouting out people who we feel has been doing some impressive I said things that already just oh you get, did that okay with the shout right. out overdone itself <laughs> let me take my shoes off so i can tiptoe <laughs> around you and your feelings today sorry um, I just want to shout out. I just want to shout out those who have who are not black who have come to the support, yes, sir, of the black community and have been standing with us and have been using their privilege to speak out against the injustices that have been taking place, not only with George Floyd but previous incidents. Um, again, like I said, the bar has been set so low, so when I see you know, I, I know it may sound like it may sound like I'm jaded and I could be, <laughs> I'm could be, um, I'm not, I'm not going to even deny that I could be very well be jaded, but I think it's important that if I've set the bar so low based off of history, that when you do have people who have presented themselves as, as, as allies, and are willing to speak out against white supremacy and injustice against black people, 
we should champion that. Uh, we we should let we should let those people know that we see you and we thank you because we under I understand what it took for you to even get to this point, and I understand that even in that, while your your struggle will never come, it will pale in comparison to what we have to deal with as black people. There are sacrifices that you have had to make just to become our ally in the first place. And there are relationships and friendships that you've had to sacrifice just to become an ally of ours. Uh, You may have found yourself ostracized by people who you thought cared about you because you're, you're speaking out against an injustice. I just want to let those of you know, across the country at rallies on social media. uh, I just want to let you know that I thank you. I appreciate you and uh, continue to stand with us. Uh, Walker, if I could, I second that um, to to my Caucasian collective who have reached out to me uh, personally and who have gone out collective (laughs) who have have gone out on a limb um, on social media and other platforms to stand up for what is injustice. I second the uh, the words of my brother Walker here. So um, it means a lot. And oh, yeah, can't forget this. To my Filipino family, <laughs> you know who you are. Um, was was blessed to to be a guest on the podcast yesterday with this guy, where we got to really unpack a lot of things. Uh, very productive conversation. Um, thank you, because uh, this shout outs for you as well. So yeah, uh, Walker, you're gonna like this one because you're you're a fan of education and you're a Black Girl Magic fan. Um, I'm bringing Danielle Gathers to the tipping point. She is a student at MIT Walker, but she is the first ever in this school storied 159 year history to be elected student government president. MIT Walker, you can't just roll out of bed and get in there. So, uh, Danielle, uh, I don't think there's much more to say, but I'm gonna hit this button on you real quick because that is dope. I think most Danielles I know have been pretty dope anyway. Oh, I see I what you did I, there. I don't think I've ever met <laughs> I Danielle. I see what you did there. <laughs> so it was only it was only a given that she'd be out here doing dope stuff. So gotcha. shouts out to her. Um, shall we get to the foolery? Yeah, why not? So George Floyd and a, and a few other topics uh, near and dear to the Birmingham area we've discussed already. I do want to discuss another incident that took place on Memorial Day that has been paled in comparison to the George Floyd situation. But, uh, of course, we have uh, different uh, segments that cover these types of issues. I want to bring attention to one Amy Cooper. Ooh, I should have seen this one coming. <laughs> Boy, if that was a terrible week to be racist, this was it for Amy Cooper. So for those of you who uh, have been engulfed in the George Floyd situation on the same day, uh, I think this may have even occurred prior to the George Floyd incident. Uh, there's a guy, Christian Cooper, um, who's a black bird watcher. Yes, those those do exist. 
uh, he was in Central Park and uh, noticed Amy Cooper with her dog. And I guess they were in a section of a park that pets were supposed to be on a leash where her dog was off the leash. And so Christian Cooper pointed out to her that, hey, uh, your dog needs to be on a leash. And he pointed to the sign. Of course, you know, Amy does not like that. And I think what was also reported is that Christian actually had like treats and stuff in his hand. He was actually feeding the dog. Like he was being very nice. He was just pointing out, hey, you're in a section of the park where your your dog is supposed to be on the leash. So instead of saying, you know what, I didn't see that. Thanks for pointing that out. Amy decides that she wants that can't no Negro tell her what to do with her dog, right? So she decides to weaponize, weaponize her victimhood against this man and call the cops. He begins recording her and she's telling him, I'm about to call the cops on you. And so she puts on her woman in distress act routine all for the video to see. She gives out her name, all of this, like a dummy. And this video goes viral. Now, of course, she doesn't care about what this could mean for Christian Cooper because we saw later in that day what can happen when police show up ready for action against a black guy, right? So this video gets out and... And the backlash was swift. In fact, Amy ends up losing her job. So the next day, she says, and this is her apology, I am not racist. I've just felt threatened. Now, have you seen a picture of Christian Cooper? I have. Okay, let's, let's, be, let's, let's be clear. Let's be, let's... No Let's chance. have some real talk. No I want chance. you to get talk to me, Gat. Talk to me. All right. Talk to me now. What about him look threatening at all? Did you see anything threatening about him? Uh the melanin. Mm, that's just that's just answer. me. That's just me. Good answer. One melanated brother to another. He looks like he would be a bird watcher. Like he looks harmless. Right. He looks harmless. I'd be surprised. I mean, I don't know what his dating life looks like, but Dude, I can no. see why he would be a. No, I can see why he'd be no, a bird watcher. I gotta stop In other that. words, there's nothing about him that looks threatening. You, you, you need to relax. No. Yes. Okay. There are women I'm that are into that. What she described, he looks harmless. He looks like the nice guy who just by himself. He don't mess with no one. Just don't mess with his birds. That's all. He ain't out here, you know, spin gaming. With, does he like he's spin gaming? With, does he like he just wants to be left alone to his birds? I'm not, I'm not doing this with Gantry. you. I'm not doing this with you, Walker. You're not doing this with me. I'm by myself. Go below the belt. Just, just don't get, don't bring this <laughs> man daylight in. Yes, don't I'm bring. looking at him right now. He just looks so harmless. Goodness gracious! Can you continue anyway. on, sir? Huh? Can you continue on, please? Sure. Um, Central Park, Karen. Good luck finding employment. You played yourself. <sighs> I would love to feel sympathy for you, but yeah, yeah. 
I'm not racist. That's your apology. <laughs> uh, Walker, great one. Um, we're going to go from New York to Washington State. Um, I've got Dave Hollenbeck here. You've heard of the, you heard of him before, right? Hollenbeck? Dave Hollenbeck. No. Sounds like a prototyp prototypical Washington State last name. <laughs> um, so uh David Hollenbeck like a field goal kicker. Yeah. <laughs> well, um interesting to note, he was a um a wrestling coach at a high school. Um in his first year actually. And uh he had some thoughts about George Floyd uh that he decided to take to social media. So Walker, this man went so far as to have someone prop their knee on his neck while he was giving an uninspired monologue explaining to people that if you can say that you cannot breathe while someone's knee is on your neck, it's not that big a deal because you're really breathing. Um, yeah, so, so in my, and, and just outright mocking this on social media, and accusing the media and the Black Lives Matter movement of race baiting in this situation. Um, Mr. Hollenbeck obviously clearly here is misinformed, um, but his uh, his act, well, let me let me just read it. Yeah, his school district didn't find anything funny or enlightening about this because uh, that because along with Amy Cooper, uh, you can find Hollenbeck in the unemployment line. Uh, they terminated him uh, immediately after this post was released. And I I don't know, Walker. Um, it 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 really just it really just goes to show we got a long way to go. We got, you know, a, a life was taken and you have the gall to mock that. Like I mean, there there are lines to cross. I joked with you about uh, about crossing the line with this gentleman in his dating life. That's one thing, but this <laughs> this man this man's life was lost. And old Dave Hollenbeck says, "Well, here's an opportunity for me to get a joke off." So, um, good luck. Maybe um, maybe they'll hire you in Minnesota somewhere, but I don't think you're going to be good in Washington State. So. Hollenbeck, um, if you're ever this way in your search for reemployment, uh, we got a trophy here for you. Um, again, to my point, there's some people that I actually wouldn't mind if you remain silent. Mm. I'd much rather prefer you remain silent than open your mouth and remove all doubt about us thinking that you're a racist. I see what you did there. So. I, I know some of us want some people to speak out, but some of you are doing. I don't right think I don't. I don't anything. think many of us have prepared ourselves. True. I, I, I don't think we're ready. I don't. Uh, and you know, my wife actually showed this to me uh, on Friday. She and I. She and I actually went to dinner, um, and she showed me this on the way back. And I had to. I had to quadruple take. I was like, this can't. This can't be. Like you know, surely for the love of humanity, even if you agree with um with Chauvin and what he did you wouldn't you couldn't find it in your heart to mock this surely right I mean but then I remember this is America and this is 2020 so <laughs> anything could happen so 
Anyway, yeah, we were supposed to be getting better, but yeah. Uh. Walker, can can I before we wrap? Did you have wise words? No. Okay. Let, well, no, no. I ask you this off air. This is it, it's not. It's I don't think it's safe for the podcast. I'll ask you after we wrap. I'm sorry. What do you mean safe for the podcast? Yeah, we're pretty raw, aren't we? We talked about race the whole time. <laughs> I, I I bumped into it's, it, it's not it's not fit for the Today Show is, is, is no, that what you're saying? Not, well, if, you, if it was the Today Show, you wouldn't bring it up. Is that was that what that is? Yeah, I definitely would. Gatry secretly wants to be the one of the co-hosts for the Today Show. I don't think it's a secret if you're watching NBC. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll ask you off air because I, I don't want to. I, I like where we are in a time perspective, so it'd be great if we just wrapped here. Yeah, I have nothing. I have nothing wise to say. I think we've we've said everything you, that you dropped a lot of wisdom, though. I just didn't hit the button. <laughs> just <laughs> then I try to joke and be silly, and Gatcher's like, "Don't do that." <laughs> so I just I just leave. Why May you, the Lord watch you between why you do this? Being the tipping point podcast where we're absent one from another. Go in peace. Have a great week. Again, I know our hearts are heavy, but this has been our story. This has been a story of what it's like to be black in America. We have to press on. And uh, it's gonna be tough, but I feel like we can do it together. So let's pray for one another. Let's have each other's back and uh have a great week, everyone. This is the Typical Boy Podcast. Thanks for listening.